When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Ken Epstein. Again, this is Daily Thrones. A quick look at the world of ice and fire. I want to thank everyone again for the support here on Anchor. Daily Thrones 100th podcast is available now. We finished that one yesterday. It's a daily podcast. Straight from Anchor here, your calls, my thoughts, my reactions to your calls. It's all here, and it goes up on Apple Podcasts and Google Play every day. If you'd like to check that out, I do appreciate it. Passing 100 episodes of that show, we are we are in countless territory for segments and broadcasts here on the app, but on the podcast form, the 100th episode was yesterday, and we had some great questions raised in it. Uh, looking at our friends, watchers on the wall, they're running that poll about uh, the best death in season seven. So we were talking about that here. Got some of your calls coming up. Also talking about the music and other great things here on Daily Thrones. I do want to say I am on Game of Thrones Conquest, which is the new app-based game. Uh, I uh, downloaded it today, came out today. It is one of those, what do the, the kids call them, the microtransaction games. So, you know, you want to buy some soldiers or speed up the building of your keep. Uh, you can make some um, in-game purchases. And I know some people don't like to play those games. I played the Star Wars version of this a couple years ago. And I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. This one seems pretty cool. Uh, not quite, you know, perfect real-time strategy, but close enough. Uh, I'd love to see this in an actual video game, like, console-based game form for Game of Thrones. But I'll take this. It looks pretty fun. I am on there. If you want to play, you can search and find me under House Daily Thrones. It's at least how it should appear. It's what I typed. We'll see if it keeps. Uh, this is the first day. The app seems to be... Having some problems, a lot of server errors, stuff like that. I think that's expected as someone who's worked behind two app launches now uh, with Screen Junkies Plus and then uh, this one uh, with Movie Trivia Schmodown. I can see, I can tell you, look, those apps launch and some mistakes happen. So be patient. Game of Thrones Conquest looks like it'll be kind of fun and we can create our own little community over there. I don't know how often or how long I'll be playing, but I am on there for now. And if you want to team up, be my bannerman or the other way around. Get on there. Track me down, House Daily Thrones, and let's have some fun. But for now, let's get to your calls. See what's going on in the world of Daily Thrones. Hey, Ken, Kevin Ross. So I guess my favorite death this season, since we had a couple of really big ones, but they were kind of expected if you really stop and think about it. Uh, my favorite death would, will, of course, now be uh, all of the secondary uh, people that are involved. For instance, uh, the men of the Lannister army in the loot train. All of the undead as they're being destroyed by the dragon in both cases. And of course, there's no more bricks in the wall when the wall comes down. Uh, my favorite deaths are actually the start and the, the igniting of season eight. Getting this thing ramped up and ready to go. It's the death of theory. It's now we're now into reality of the Night King. Thanks. Hey, Ken. So I am 100% with you. I do believe the best death scene in Season 7 was the Queen of Thorns. It was absolutely perfect. 100% the way 
she I would have thought she was going to go out. She, I can't see her going out by like a sword or, you know, hanging. But the way she just takes the poison, one, two, three, boom, and then gets that one last nail in, tells Jamie, tells Cersei it was me. I want her to know it was me. It was perfect. It was in a way beautiful, hauntingly beautiful, and the perfect way for the Queen of Thorns to go out. Hey, Cat, I also wanted to bring this up. Um, you brought up Benjamin Stark and his death scene. And when the episode first aired, and I remember I called in and I said to you, you know, I'm a little disappointed. I, it was just a quick scene. I wanted more between him and John. And I, I was upset after the first viewing of the episode about it. But on a rewatch, I absolutely think it was actually pretty fitting of a death for Benjamin Stark. I just hope, the only thing I just want in season eight, I just want to mention, I just want, you know, him, if, when he, when John's reunited with Bran, I want them to talk about him. You know, Bran, tell John, you know, Uncle Benjamin, you know, saved me. He brought me you know, to the wall. That's all. That, you know, I don't think that's too much to ask for, just for a mention. But as far as the death scene, I'm okay with it, and I think it was fitting. Yeah, you know, Eric, that's actually a great point about the death of Cold Hands or Benjamin Stark. It remains to be seen if he's still, if he's Cold Hands in the book, we'll, we'll find out there. But yeah, I actually agree. I, as much as I love, actually, I do love the death of Benjamin Stark in season seven. It made sense. It had an emotional impact for me. It was retroactively impactful going back to season one. I would like to have some kind of moment. Something where Bran and John converse about it, and Bran says, yeah, he's a, he saved me, he saved you as well, he served his purpose, did not die in vain, there's a reason for his existence. Uh, that would be a good moment, and add just a little bit more weight to that moment. I understand it was fleeting, and it, the, the Jack Dawson Titanic moment of there's no time to get on the horse, it seemed like there was, but hey, he also wanted to buy time, he wanted to ensure that Jon Snow... Aegon Targaryen could ride on. So uh, I think it's a good moment, but a great point. I hope they mention him in season eight. Hey, Ken, gonna kill two birds with one stone here. Uh, favorite quote unquote death uh, in season seven was definitely Ilari Martel and Tyene. Uh, I feel like it's such a savage, brutally emotional thing to do to somebody. Uh, it kind of proves that Cersei is just really twisted in the head. Um, I, I can't fathom what it would be like to be trapped in a cell with a loved one across from me watching them die. It's just, it's such a, it's such a dark, dark death. Uh, and it just carries a lot of uh, emotional weight to it for the two characters. Not a ton of weight um, uh, with the story though. Uh, secondly, uh, with the music, favorite song is definitely the opening song in the season six finale. Very powerful musical number. Uh, it's one of the longest too. And then I love uh, the punk rock version of the Bear and the Maiden Fair that ends uh, the episode where Jamie loses his hand. Great, great ending. Great call from Jeff talking about the the passing, if you will, of Tyene Sand and Ilaria Sand. We have talked about it on the show before. I think it's a a fantastic it's a fantastic moment for Cersei. It's it's if, you, if you're a Cersei fan on any any level, and you can ever get behind some of her motives and just relish in some of her victories, this is a victory. And I I kind of think Ilaria Sand had something bad coming her way. She didn't do good by killing Marcella. So I understand Cersei in this moment. I'm, I count myself as a Cersei fan, but there's something so brutal about it. And, and 
because you don't see it and you can't see it on the show, we don't do a cutback to years later with the bones of Tyene Sand still there while Aria Sand has to stare at it for eternity to the end of her days. I, I, I can't imagine being in it. I mean, if you're Laurie Sand, do you, do you bash your head against the wall if you can? How do you do it? If, if you can't move, you can only stay alive. It is brutal. It is a tough way to go out for both. And at the same time, in true Game of Thrones fashion, kind of justified. That's why I love this show. Jeff also talks about two great pieces of music, Light of the Seven, which I would say, and I didn't really mention it yesterday when I was talking about the music, I would say Light of the Seven is the best music in the show. Dracarys is... Dracarys is my favorite as well. It's kind of a co-favorite, but Light of the Seven is breathtaking. It it was used so well at the beginning of season six final episode. It is a beautiful piece of music that goes for a very nice chunk of time. Absolutely love it. It is it is the piece, uh, other than maybe the theme and instrumental versions of Reigns of Casterbeer, my other big favorite song, um, that uh, I just sometimes just listen to. And and the, the score of, of every season of Game of Thrones, of every episode of Game of Thrones, is a big hit. But Light of the Seven was an absolute success. And then he talks about the Hold Steady with Craig Finn on lead vocals doing The Bear and The Maiden Fair. Uh, and that was awesome because it was so jarring it was such a usually you're so so used to uh the episode ends and unless it's a red wedding where there's some well-placed silence or hard home uh you got uh, your normal uh, uh score you got something from the show maybe jacaris is playing you're kind of like you know walking out but jamie's hand gets cut off by Locke, and then all of a sudden roll credits and the bear the bear the maiden fairy it, it was jarring in a great way in a very intentional way and I absolutely, absolutely love that song. And the Hold Steady are great. Craig Finn, great solo album a couple years ago. Great stuff. If you're a music fan, check them out. All right, guys, more coming here. And if you have your ideas on uh, your favorite songs, your favorite deaths in Season 7, and also what we were talking about yesterday was theories that you love, theories that you think are crazy and you don't see ever happening in Game of Thrones or Song of Ice and Fire, but you still love nonetheless, you can call in with those as well. I got a great one coming in here in a second. It is Daily Thrones. We roll on. Hey, Ken, Kevin Ross. Uh, sorry I haven't called in a while, but the Iron Bank of Bravos can be a little difficult to negotiate with, which kind of leads me to one of the wildest theories we've heard over here at, at Three Cocktail Questions, which is the Iron Bank of Bravos is working with the Night King. Now, yeah, right? So here's the theory that we've heard. Um, what What's happened is the Iron Bank wants to take over all of Westeros and is using the, the uh, uh, Night King to do it. That the uh, faceless men, because all men must die, have a way of uh, destroying the Night King. And the Iron Bank is funding the strongest person at the time so they can use those resources uh, and wipe each other out, making it easier for the Night King to come down. Uh, those The theories are not uh, going into great detail, but that's just the wildest theory that's out there that may have some tangible plausibility that I've heard. Thanks. All right, I've heard a lot of crazy theories, most of them from our good friend Kevin over at Three Cocktail Questions, but I have never heard. I've never heard, though I want to hear more, of the idea that the Iron Bank of Bravos is somehow funding the Night King. I mean, I love it. This is what we're talking about here. This is why Sir Thomas originally suggested this topic. Uh, what kind of uh, what kind of theory do you love but will never see happen? This is the definition of it. I love the idea of of 
you know, Tycho sitting down with the Iron King and saying, all right, you know, with the Iron King, with the Night King and saying, hey, we want to get you in the Iron Throne, Night King. What do you think about some money? And that the Night King is like, oh, yeah, I like money. Money has a total purpose for me. I mean, I'm, I'm an ice zombie, but I could use some money. Everyone needs cash. This fictitious conversation and them actually coming to a deal is fascinating to me. I want to hear more. Have you guys heard of this one? Let's make it up. Let's make it up our own. When did this happen? Did the Night King take a trip over in a ship to Bravos, Or did the Iron Bank go north of the wall? I mean, I can see it happening. It works for me. Okay. Kevin, you might win. I love this theory. And I never see it happening. What do you guys think here on Daily Thrones? <laughs>